Today's podcast sponsor is Hubert Engineered Woods. And I want to talk to you about zip sheathing and why we use zip sheathing. I know you've heard me talk about it on the podcast before, but I thought let's just lay it out in the simplest of forms. Number one, when I install it properly, I tape the seams, I liquid flash the seams, I manage for water with my windows, I do, I, I use their products, I don't have to worry about water. There are times when we install drywall inside of a house and we don't have cladding on the outside because I know Zip System is going to be waterproof. So that's number one. Number two, I can manage for air. So using Zip System sheathing on the walls, my like last five houses we built were all below passive house uh, levels of air leakage. They were all below that 0.6 ACH 50. And we're not putting that much effort into air sealing. We're just making sure that we tape well, which we manage for water, we manage for air. And the last five houses that I built all had zip R because that continuous insulation that comes adhered to the back of my zip sheathing that I'm already putting up and installing, now I have continuous R value that I get the whole R6 or the R9 or R12, whatever it is, I don't see building any other way. It works for us. It can work for you. Make sure you go to huberwood.com and check them out. And Huber, thanks for sponsoring the podcast. Welcome to the Unbuild It Podcast. My name is Jake Bruden. I am joined today by Steve Basic and Peter Yost. Howdy. And for those of you that are just listening to this through the podcast apps and not watching it on YouTube, I would suggest that you take the time to go to YouTube and look at the fantastic wardrobe choices here, that here. Uh, Steve has made today. And I think what we'll do is we just won't even tell you, and we'll just see how many people comment uh, on his wardrobe choices on the YouTube page. Yeah. <laughs> Margaritaville. Hey, what's, okay. <laughs> so what's the topic today? Today's topic is actually one that we've covered multiple times, or at least once before. Uh, we're going to do listener Q and A. So wait a minute. Who decided the first topic was quince and apples? <laughs> I don't know anything about quince or apples. It, and this is how how far are we into less than three minutes? And we have a good Peter Yost Peter Yost joke. Peter Yost. <laughs> yeah, Peter Yost. Used to have uh, jokes. Peter used to. Have so jokes. you can email us questions at theunbuildedpodcast.com, not dot com, right? Questions at unbuildedpodcast.com. Yes. Uh, so get your questions in for the next round that we that we do this. And I thought rather than beat around the bush, we would just jump right into Q and A, and I will read us some questions. I, I think the next round of questions that we pick, Peter and I vote on the best question, and then Jake will send you a gift card to your favorite restaurant. Cool. Okay. Yeah, can we, I mean, I have the participate? I have the podcast credit card, so we can. I'll send them whatever they. <laughs> Uh, okay, so there are a couple here that I thought were, well, we're just going to start with my favorite one. Uh, this one came through Instagram, and it was uh, from someone named James. We'll leave it at that. Love the podcast. Trying to figure out why you guys don't talk about ICF more often. That was it. <laughs> the entire message I got was, love what you guys are doing. How come you don't preach what I believe in? So I just got to say, I don't know anything about intercontinental flora. Isn't that what I, I thought oh, it was fireworks? <laughs> but I think, Peter, I you and I were talking about this earlier. Fireworks. We talked about this earlier. Why is it that every time someone works with ICFs, 
the rest of their career all that they will talk about and they they get upset if you don't talk about it they get upset if you don't build with it and they want to know how come you're not doing it it's a Why tough, is that? it's a tough topic i mean it, every time we do something on home building crossroads we can always count on somebody saying why don't you guys spend more time on inside of concrete form systems? Yeah. It's a, it's a mystery. But what's interesting is that every time we, like, I go to do a project and somebody says, you know, maybe we should do ICF. And it's like, yeah, no, nobody around here does ICF. So who are these people that are doing ICF that are coming out and requesting this stuff? Although, believe it or not, you guys are going to find this very interesting. I signed a project yesterday and we're doing a you know, 5,000 square foot house out of ICFs and the barn. So foundation and above grade walls all the way through the house, concrete floor on the first floor too. So this is going to be thing located in termite country or uh, I went no, country. This one isn't in termite country, which is really interesting, but uh, yeah. So, so unbuilt podcast may get an ICF sponsor even yet. We might. And we're well, actually using blocks that I didn't even know they came. Did you know you can get ICF blocks in 96 inches? They're like 16-inch by 96-inch blocks. That would make it fast. Joints. Yeah. That is, that is a super hyper Lego block. So how do you get beyond the total R value of the form? Do you typically put that on the outside or the inside? Yeah, I don't know because I think their R values are always higher than what I calculate. When I take the EPS and just multiply it by 4.1, it always seems to be a lot lower than what they represent in their literature. So they must be adding air films and all kinds of stuff to it or something. Well, I don't know. That's something to look into, right? But I I do know people that say that if you can't get the requisite value from the block, you just add more to the outside. For the inside. Yeah. I mean, Which, I why, aren't just... we, why aren't we using a product that we don't have to then add more to? Like, if you're going to make an argument that this thing is concrete form and insulation and, and it's, you know, it's one and done and we got all this taken care of, but uh, you're going to need to also then add insulation. Like, isn't there an easier way to just build some concrete walls? Well, I didn't have that. I didn't have that conversation. It's really interesting because I didn't have that conversation with the client because he seemed like he had his heart set on ICF. So I didn't want to burst this bubble and not get the job. So I got the job and then we'll have the conversation. <laughs> now we're cutting ICF. <laughs> not, no, we're not going to cut it out. But some of the arguments that he made, like I, I was in an ICF house and I've never been in a house that was quieter. I'll take you to a double wall frame house with the walls filled with cellulose and triple glazed windows. I would argue it's probably the same yeah. acoustical value or better. Yeah. My personal house, you can't hear the tornado sirens in the community that it's located in. And that's good because you have a tornado shelter, so it's really good that you don't know when to go into it. That's really We good. definitely went and bought a weather <laughs> radio hey, for that great reason. planning there, Builder Jake. <laughs> We actually didn't realize that we weren't going to be able to hear them indoors until after we lived here. I wasn't making fun of your no, shirt. You were making fun of my shirt. I was pointing it you out. made fun of my shirt. All right, you just did. No, your shirt makes fun of itself, Steve. It's not, it's <laughs> your shirt, system. your shirt, your shirt is like uh, someone told a joke, and you showed up with that shirt as the punchline. What if I told you I met my wife in this shirt? Okay, <laughs> and she agreed to marry me. I didn't know okay. that Holly was blind. How about that? I I will not despise. All right, so you guys keep making, yeah, you guys keep making fun of my shirt. I'm gonna get up and walk away. I will. So you know, we we did a research house at the NHB Research Center back in the mid to late 1990s. And what was really interesting is that, you know, it, it's not an ICF house, right? Because you still got to put windows in it that are like the rest of the windows and still got to put a roof on it. 
And so when we did an analysis of ICF transfer sure. and, and energy performance, it was the rest of the house that was driving you know, the performance in terms of air leakage or acoustics. So if you, put, if you have an ICF structure that does really well thermally or acoustically and you put in really lousy windows... It doesn't it's matter. Really you know what's interesting? I did, I did do an ICF house, um, I don't know, probably 15, 16 years ago at this point. But the reason we did it was the gentleman wanted um, a 12-foot basement. And the the price for the concrete guys there was astronomical to go from eight foot to twelve foot, and uh, and so he moved to doing the ICF block because when you're doing ICF blocks, it was just add three more courses, dig the hole a little deeper, add three more courses, and actually in that house, we ended up taking it through the first floor and setting the second floor um, trusses on it, and then framing walls above. And, and do a more traditional truss roof above. But we took the ICFs through the first floor. Well, and you have another one going right now with uh, a builder on Martha's Vineyard personal house that's uh, ICF. Yeah, we're doing Farley's. It's, it's, well, it's ICC. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. So talk it's to us a little bit about perfect concrete block. composite um, form. So it's, uh, it's a re- all 100% recycled content. So they just take all the EPS trash and grind it up, mix it with a binder and reconstitute it into a building block. And the beauty of it is it's it's 100% recycled content, but it also eliminates something like 76% of the concrete in a foundation wall, which I thought was pretty incredible that we're only using 25% in that formwork. And what's what's absolutely incredible is I probably get at least one or two inquiries a week since that video got posted eight months ago where people are asking me questions about the perfect block. A couple of people said, hey, I'm going and getting training and we're going to build our house out of the perfect block. And, you know, are there things I should know and blah, blah, blah. But um, it was a, a pretty interesting product. And I, I would seriously consider it at, for my own house in a basement. And there at Farley's, we did 10 foot basements. So it's just, again, dig the hole a little deeper, add another course or two. Those were 12 inch tall blocks. So add two more courses and you can get almost any height you want. So we seem to get more interest in ICFs and SIP whenever lumber prices go through the roof. Yeah. And so maybe that's partly driving this because, you maybe. know, the struggle I had when I was a builder is that, you know, to me, every problem is a nail that needs a hammer. Right, and so ICFs aren't wood, so of course they make me uncomfortable because I can't hammer it or nail yeah. it. Right. Well, that's that's the barrier of entry for us for so long. And I think that the, there's also you know there's potential horror stories like ICFs are not. Let's just stack a bunch of blocks and fill it with concrete. Yeah. Right. The taller you get, the more stress you put on the lower courses. Um, corners. I mean, even at Farley's house, we met. We had one corner. As much as he reinforced it, it blew out. And you can imagine the problem you have when you have a couple yards of concrete in a wall and the bottom springs open. Right? It becomes a major. I don't problem. have to imagine it. I've done it <laughs> really, really quick. But uh, so yeah. But everything comes with its price and its consequence. So we were pouring a. Uh 
retaining wall that was like an extension wing wall on a walkout basement one time when I was still working for my dad and we had uh, plywood formed it ourselves mm. and the backside blew out and like the front was fine and the backside just had like two feet of overdig and he saw it blow out he climbed off the wall he walked over to the concrete truck and said call for two more yards we're <laughs> filling it up and we just dumped two whole yards of concrete on the back side of the wall and it was fine but whoever has to demo that house will have what is that sixty thousand pounds worth of concrete? That's one one hell of a concrete wall. Concrete <laughs> yes, wall. exactly. <laughs> Who paid for the lost form work? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't in charge of billing at that point. So, so. Uh, for first question and answer, did we have a question and did we provide an answer? I think we just picked at people that <laughs> proselytize ICFs. We That's have some okay. more questions. Do we wow, want to move I don't on? even know what that word means. Moving right along. <laughs> well, I'll go with that. Uh, okay, and so this might be one that we have to revisit, but uh, big fan of the podcast. I'm wondering if there are any online courses or certifications you guys would recommend for someone looking to learn building science from Isaac. Thank you, Isaac, for the question, by the way. Oh, go ahead, Peter. You're an so, education guru. In terms of online courses, like the, whether it's university level or, um, I mean, I think one of the best ones still is Joe Steeperick's Building Science Fundamentals, which is online now. Um, I forget how many Peter hours. stole the one that I had thought of other than saying Green Building Advisor. Everybody look at Green Building Advisor. Yeah. But in terms of online courses, um, that's probably right at the top of the list with Building Science Corporation. Building Science Corporation. Building Science I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there. And, and I think as I kind of scroll through them in my mind, there's a lot of them out there and, you know, with, with every decision, I think there would be really good stuff and then there'd be some questionable stuff that tags along in that conversation. And it's really hard to sort through. And it's really hard to sort through. And, um, yeah. Look for reputable sources that are recommended by other people that you respect. That's... Yeah. Like the Unbuilded Podcast. Yeah. That. Like the Unbuilded <laughs> Podcast on YouTube. Like the Unbuilded Podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, this was uh, this one's not a question, but I wanted to bring you guys bring this to you guys because I thought it was a, a really good like think outside the box. Uh, this is from a listener that I've went back and forth with a few times on Instagram. Her name is Jill. Uh, in regards to the podcast on radon episode twenty six, for those of you that need to know what episode we talked about that, why not just run the pipe outside of the house and up past the roof without ever bringing that pipe inside the house? So she was asking, like, why don't we just plumb that radon pipe, that mitigation device to the outside and oh, then I up know, the outside I know, wall? I know. Is you it going to be UV? No. Now that we have to protect no, it not, if it's I'm outside? I'm not going to talk about UV and you can't make me. <laughs> not talking about I UV I like today. these hardline stances that I do. come from I'm drawing a line right in the damn sand. How's that? <laughs> Don't I mean, if it's on the outside of the don't. house now, we have to aesthetically deal with it. We, we have, have to, to aesthetically deal with it. Chances are, if you're in Minnesota in February, you're not going to develop any stack effect inside it. The whole purpose of inside it is as the pipe goes higher, it gets warmer and that Gosh, causes a drop. tear trickling down my cheek. Yeah. Well, I know. You know, I eat. And in I reality. Early this morning. We're good at poking a couple things through the roof. It's not a big yeah, deal. It's not a huge okay. risk. It's a low, it's a low risk assembly in my mind. You know, as you read these, I think next month I'm going to go on there and say, just ask questions. Well, no, I'm just going to start it off with, I'm not a fan of the podcast. I never listened to it, but here's a question yeah. for you anyway. <laughs> but I'm wondering what you guys, <laughs> I wonder what you guys think. 
Because everybody no, always starts out with big fan. He's got long the whole idea is that if it's a stack through the house, then you don't necessarily have to attach a fan. If you get underneath the threshold with just natural stack effect, you're done. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. operate. And, and Joe, it, it might cause to reason why when it does run outside, there's a fan hooked up to it. Always. Always. Yeah, and you've got to run that pipe above the top living level. So it could be a pretty long pipe. <clears throat> well, some builders I've seen it, they just run it right into the soffit for reentrainment. Oh. Uh, okay, so I'm cutting some Helps out of attic ventilation. I'm cutting some out of this question. I'm I'm uh, I'm editing a little oh, bit here. Joe. Paraphrasing. Paraphrasing. Uh both See? Jake and Steve have new employees. How how do you help shape their plans for determining what shows to attend as their first event. And once they've attended, what conversations do you have in mind to talk to them about before they get back to work? I mean, we usually talk about like favorite ice cream, what we're going to have for dinner. Dippin' Dots. Dippin' Dots. That sort of thing. Yeah, kind it's of the thing. space ice cream, in case you didn't know that. Um, no clue. The space. <laughs> I feel like the ice cream or just in general? <laughs> I feel like there's not enough uh, joy in Peter's life for there to be ice there, cream there's no in Peter's dots. life. There's no dipping dots in Peter's world. Um, but <laughs> there's uh, your show, show title. There's no dipping dots in I Peter's world. I mean, I don't, I, for me, it's not. We, we share an office. We sit back to back. We work, well, a lot of times we're working on the same project. Yeah. So there's just so much so much back and forth that it's really not structured as, hey, let's talk about water management or we talk about this. But the one thing I did do is I encouraged Alex to get involved early in the building community, which she has. She's been writing for Green Building Advisor and stuff. She's so, active on Instagram. And she's active on Instagram. There's your chance to plug her Instagram account. Alexandra Bazek. You can find me at Steve Bazek Architect on Instagram, by the way. Um, but... But no, so last night she had her detail due with her write-up. So, you know, she was working on the write-up. I helped her out a little. And we went back and forth and she had some questions. So it wasn't really quite structured like, hey, let's sit down and talk about this. But she's picking up things in conversations and, you know, in, in the daily dealings of this detail, that detail. When we go out to job sites, we talk about stuff. So it's more of a... Uh, potpourri of uh, Somebody's proud information of a word. gathering. I might, that might be my word for the day, potpourri. I like just potpourri, just saying it. It's got a good It does have, it goes with my shirt. <laughs> that it does. <laughs> you missed him saying it's got a good fragrance to it. <laughs> oh. I did, yeah, I missed that joke. So, this came up at our builder group in Brattleboro, and we actually developed a course. My, me getting a new employee? No. Oh, oh okay. What information do you want people to understand about building science before oh, they okay. come onto your job site? And um, so we developed a course. And what's cool is that it's a module within a curriculum for high school students at the local vocational high school. Is it titled Read Before You Enter? No, but we're going like to change it to that. I like that. Tomorrow. Like Read Before You Enter. So I was waiting for Peter to say that it was an online course, but he didn't recommend it for the last question. <laughs> I thought these were individual Q and A's. I didn't know. We could Sorry, we weren't allowed to cross-reference each other. <laughs> so the 
Jim, uh, this is from Jim Gill. He's in Oklahoma. He's a retired engineer, and he actually is very active in having a conversation with us. Uh, our My conversations with employees have always been, number one, if you want an industry publication, whatever it is, tell me, and I'll get it for you, or I'll pay you back oh. for it. I want you to have access to anything. Uh, you know, my project manager now has GBA, Fund Home Building, JLC. Uh, he does not listen to the podcast, so we can say bad things about him. But I think that's a generational. Well, I'd fire him just based on that. But no, my own it, kids don't listen to my stuff. You're right. It's I a, smack them every time I see them. You too. may need to buy him an Aloha shirt. That's the real. It's it's a constant conversation, and I think that's the only way that we continue to develop our employees. So here, I'm going to throw them both under the bus. We're doing a home building crossroads. Steve-O signed up, wanted to listen to it, put it on. Lexi made him turn it off because she couldn't hear her TV show. It was too loud. Yikes. Yeah. Well, if it helps, uh, we missed the second one due to conflict on our job site, but Brad and I both watched the Foundations one, and that's fantastic, by the way. Well, thank you. Good work. I'll, I'll commend Peter on that. I just was following his lead. Lots of good projects in there, too. We did that together? Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. We did. Well, kind of. <laughs> Kind of together, like sort of together. So in a roundabout way of of answering Jim's question, we're both just agreeing. Yeah, you should have a constant conversation with your employees. Well, it's, I mean, it it, it shouldn't be something you sit down and talk about, right? It's, It's like when I design a house and I always argue for integration versus application. Well, it's the same with the conversation. Those conversations should be integral to everything we're talking about at work. It shouldn't be, hey, let's talk about house design. Now let's apply some, you know, building science to it. No, it should be part of the conversation right from the start. So, yeah. Okay. This one came from uh, Instagram as well. The guy's name is Mike. I got to get on that Uh, Instagram thing. uh, Right, Peter. I've been enjoying the podcast for many months now. I would really like it, and this is just a recommendation. I would really like it if you guys would do an episode about ICF. What? <laughs> Thank goodness we already have. <laughs> uh, okay, and then our last question for today that I figured would actually be quite the conversation. I'm glad we just talked about your guys' uh, foundation presentation. Thanks for the podcast. I enjoy listening. Uh, I have long-time a question. listener. Yeah, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I have a question for you that I've not been able to find much information on. Is high-density EPS a solution for connecting exterior insulation, or ZIP-R, to interior basement wall uh, insulation? And he goes on to basically just say, well, we can get 100 PSI EPS. What if we put that under our sill plate? So he's asking to make a structural connection now, you know, that sill plate connection divided by insulation all of a sudden, which I'm at first thought really uncomfortable with. Like, if we're going to take a small energy ding there by moving the insulation to the inside and having a little bit of um, thermal bridging at our sill plate, I would rather the two structural elements be up against each other rather than have foam between them. But now that I start to say that, I use zip R and there's foam between my structural elements at that point. So th- this is a bipolar answer for me. I'm just trying to understand, should I be sweet and helpful, Steve, or should I just go off the rails? I, I think off the rails is more entertaining. It is I certainly haven't more said entertaining. The, so the listener's name you know, yet. So. I'm, I said in a presentation like two weeks ago, and 
I was texting another guy on it and I was like, this is probably one of the dumbest things and the biggest waste of my time to sit here and watch this, just the stuff I was hearing. And it, it, it got me to a point where whenever you draw a detail or build a detail or think about a detail or that, the first thing you do before you actually do it is back away and look at it. And, and here's the revelation. Ask yourself, would I ever do that again? Right? Because if I sit there and look at the detail and say, okay, that solves the problem, but I'd probably never do it again, then don't do it the first time. Right? If it's not replicable, you like that, huh? I like that one up last night too. It is work. Um, if it's not replicable, then probably don't do it. Let's not think about how, how can we get high density foam and run it underneath our footings? Right? And, and, encapsulate the whole foundation wall, right? We can build a house that has little to no heating load and cooling load. We know that. We've done it. So why do we insist on going through these circus acts to come up with absolutely ludicrous details and, and then attempt to build them, right? Um, I, I walked through a house probably three years ago, passive house. They ran all the insulation underneath the slab, underneath the footing, up the outside of the wall, and guess what? They got to a point where they said, oh, we never thought about the brick veneer. How are we gonna support that now? We're coming up with insulation on the outside of the wall. So then they had to solve that problem. Which probably meant a huge steel lintel that was a thermal it, transfer through it was a five, And it was a 5,000 square foot basement. And I know the builder well, and when I asked them, I said, why, why don't you just put the insulation on the inside of the wall? Well, yeah, we the homeowner didn't want it down there. Okay, well, we're in the house. They're living in it. There's nothing down here. It's a couple, retired couple, in a 5,000-square-foot house. It's like someone talk maybe a little sense into them and say, maybe we could save you 50 grand and we'll just insulate inside the wall instead of running it out the outside, putting a lintel, hold the brick, and running through the circus acts. So... I'm just going to summarize and say, if you sit back <laughs> and you look at a detail and you say, yeah, we can build that. I don't know if I would ever build it again. Don't build it. Don't. So I think off the rails and the shirt are just, <laughs> I could just sit here. I don't need to do a, a damn thing. It's just, I'm entertained, much less the people listening to this. There's something about the ranting with the shirt on where I'm just like, I didn't know he did cocaine. <laughs> He's so excited. It's my, it's my Margaritaville shirt. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm going to push back a little bit and say, when you first built a concrete-less slab, non-slab home, did you ever get to the point like, which, which is what you're saying, which is, would I do this again? But you came up with the answer that you Well, were. I think that was a slightly different conversation with myself. I think I stood back and said, this is really cool. I hope it works. And if it does, we're going to do this a lot. It's nice to know that the architect <laughs> on the project goes, I hope this works. I just, sometimes it's hard to separate out really, really good new ideas from really, really bad new ideas. I hope yeah, this works. But it's, I mean... <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to explain the, the, because this other, this video that I was, or this Zoom presentation that I was on with all these people, like it was a simple house. They were talking about it being affordable. 
Then they got to the second floor ceiling. And instead of just saying, listen, let's turn the air barrier, use the drywall, right? No, they ran zip sheathing. And because they didn't want to penetrate the zip sheathing, they ran two courses of two by fours. Furring underneath. Underneath in both directions so they could run all the electrical inside the zip sheathing. First of all, I said, when we started out this presentation, it was affordable housing. And here you have two like, air barriers, first of all, two air barriers, zip sheathing, and two layers of furring, two by four furring at today's lumber prices. That's, you know, half a house of yesteryear. But it's a two year old Honda. But, anyways, it was like going through all of this. And then somebody was like proposing something even more crazy in the 200 people that were viewing this. And, and, and it's like, let's just sit back and think about what we're doing. Like, what do we typically use? How do we typically design this? Is there a way where we can use what we use to solve the problem? I know I shouldn't be knocking on the trouble. But anyways, yeah, that's my off the rails. I like it though. I mean, that that idea of we're going to overcomplicate things is the is my we, favorite we love thing to, to rag and, on. And architects, sorry, but I think some of them draw stuff just so that somewhere on their website they can put some really crazy detail so i have a i want to build on your answer just a little bit i know we're running out of time go ahead you know what we really should do is if well, we're worried about tell me. thermal bridge at that transition from insulation on the outside to the inside at the transition from the foundation to the above grade wall well we should just do thermal imaging of what we currently have and if we pick up a really big thermal bridge and maybe we should give it more attention. And if we don't, and I've never gone on the outside or the inside of the building that doesn't have high density EPS between the two and found a huge thermal bridge. So maybe we need to be a little bit more empirical. Ooh. I think, I think we also never really actually answered Matt's question. Are we in agreement that putting foam underneath the sill plate at that structural connection is probably a bad idea? Well, I think someone, we had talked about that foam at that presentation because they were talking about putting it under the footings of the lolly columns and stuff. And mm -hmm. then somebody went on and said that that stuff is crazy dollars a square foot. I mean, 100 PSI is, I mean, I, I know they make that stuff, but... If, if we got to get to that level to build an energy efficient house, you're missing something. You're missing something, right? Because I, I can go to Home Depot, aside from probably windows, and build a house that... Net zero. Net zero, net zero passive house that could probably meet the top 10 of best energy performers in the country. And I could and I could do all my shopping in Home Depot with that, except for the windows. So quit overcomplicating. So it. quit overcomplicating. If we got to get the hundred pound PS or hundred psi EPS phone, I'm sorry, you're you're doing something wrong, and you're you're just thinking beyond where we need to think about. And for all the builders or architects that are listening and screaming, just tell us the detail that you prefer. How about we insulate the, the above grade wall on the outside, the below grade wall on the inside, and we spray foam to connect the two to the rim? Well, you know, I, I'll finish up my rant. You're not going to agree no, with me. No, I'm not. Either. I'm not. I don't agree with you either. Um, but I'll finish up my rant with another thought that I know you guys have both heard me say, right? 
And and everybody listen clearly, grab your notepads, because this is revelation number nope, two I know. in the same podcast. It's going to be everyone Wang Chung tonight. Every, no. <laughs> Something has to be the worst performer in the building. Something has to be. Like the three of us? Like, yeah. Well, this is a comment listen, about I children. can sing and dance. I'm not going to talk for you two, okay? And I know everybody knows I look good, so I got the, you know, whatever. Um, but but something has to be the worst part of the building. Let's stop searching for, oh, okay, well, we got everything else. Maybe we should do 100-pound PSI under the slab because that's going to save us that, you know, take us from $92 a month in our passive house down to $89 a month. But we're only going to spend, you know, two grand to get that $3. It's like, we're there, people. We're there. So I just want to be clear. We're never going to get the 100 PSI EPS as a sponsor for Young Build. No, we, been we burned that bridge. Oh, we didn't burn the bridge. I'll find a place for it. <laughs> we can use in it someplace a, else. In a, in a you smart won't. detail <laughs> that I would replicate. <laughs> Because obviously there's a need for it. You've never met a bad building material. We I've never been, met a bad building material. No, Just all a building poor installation. Place. Just poor execution. Okay, so the last one that I didn't copy down that I'm going to guess at least. I think he's making this one up. At least you get all the time because you check your Instagram. I don't know about Peter. <laughs> now, that's funny. <laughs> I Sorry. Get, I get one of these at least once a week, if not two or three times a week. Does Peter Yost exist? No. <laughs> Is Peter Yost real? Is Peter Yost really Does on Peter Instagram? Yost read the hashtags? Does Peter Yost have an Instagram profile? <laughs> I, I've i heard I do. But yeah, he yeah. has a somebody that takes care of it for him. <laughs> a somebody. I need a somebody. Uh, do you have a, do you know a good builder or architect in my market? The Oh, I live in Iowa City, Iowa. Do you know any good builders close to me? I get that all the time. And so I get inquiries about that. Here's all the time. how I've started answering it. See if you have a zip sheeting rep in your market. If it's a if I know it's a small market, like if somebody's in the middle of, of Iowa, chances are zip sheeting's not common. So that might be forward thinking. And then I also say look for somebody who is a BPI rater or a HERS rater and ask them who's building the most energy efficient house in town. And start your conversation there. That is the piece of advice that I give to everybody. And not to fault anybody for saying, hey, do you know someone in my market, even though you don't live here? I I fault you for being a bad marketing and businessman because your first answer should be, well, I travel. I'm willing to travel. What kind of uh, budget do you have on this project? (laughs) Hence hence why we're working on a house together in Kansas, Steve. Because well, we have clients that we're interested in. The other thing is they started some sort of bulletin board on Green Building Advisor because of this very issue, people calling and saying, hey, do anybody know an HAC contractor in Atlanta or something? So okay. somewhere, I don't know where it is on Green Building Advisor, but they do. But you they do know that Green Building Advisor is a website. I just I always reply, <laughs> Acme. 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 Acme HVAC. If the, Jones brothers, if the Jones brothers are still in business, the I hear they're brothers. good. Ace, Ace Home Repair, Ace Framing, Ace HVAC. So do you, what do you, and what's the answer that you give? No. Yeah, I just say no. I just ruin them. <laughs> no. I like it. No. Uh, you bought like, them, kid. You bought them. Nobody likes Topeka, Kansas. Who don't wants to live there? Don't build a house there. It's stupid. Okay. So we're never going to get a sponsor. <laughs> there goes the tourism dollars from Topeka, Kansas we were counting on. You Thank just keep you. talking. We just keep we'll crossing them We'll cross it all off. I hear Lawrence is nice this time. Lawrence is beautiful. Lawrence. 
Lawrence, Kansas. Lawrence, Alaska. Lawrence, Massachusetts. There's a lot of ads for Alaska. I was watching that yesterday. I was talking to Alexi. I said, I don't know if they're like just really hurting their economy or if they're just trying to be proactive out of the gate and say, I don't know. I wonder what bunch uh, of alien activity in Alaska too lately. I don't know if you guys have been following that, but like terrestrial alien yeah. or extraterrestrial. extraterrestrial. Okay, yeah. Now, now this really needs to be now we got to off top. This is the deep podcast. <laughs> this is where Steve explains extraterrestrial <laughs> life to us. No, we're not going there because okay. you guys will laugh at me, and I'm not gonna. I'm not. No. <laughs> On that note, I think once we get to the point where we're talking about aliens, we can wrap it up. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me on the podcast today. I think that that was a, that was a good one. Uh, if you wish to uh, send us your questions, questions at unbuilditpodcast.com, or you can reach out to us through Instagram. It's unbuilditpodcast on Instagram, Stephen Basic Architect on Instagram, Jake.Bruton on Instagram. And if you Google Peter Yost, you can see pictures of him when he was younger. <laughs> hey, and uh, just so you know, my attire is... Uh, <laughs> Is uh, given to me by www.margaritavilleouterwear.com. <laughs> so do you say tire? Not a sponsor. Because it's it's pretty fatiguing. No. Tired outerwear yeah. is actually kind of clever. I'll give him that one. Thank you for listening. Go to uh, go to uh, iTunes. Go to hell. I'm Jake. This is what it, this is what we put up with. Uh, this is what it's normally like when we're together too. Is no one can talk and no one can actually say what they actually mean. It's just picking at each other nonstop. Oh, this is where they say, "Oh, Steve only talks over me all the time." Uh, victim. Right here, victim. victim. Uh, (laughs) Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And now that we're on YouTube, make sure you click down below the subscribe button and uh, leave us a comment and uh, hit the little dingly bell thing to make it. First 10 subscribers, Jake takes out to dinner next time he sees you. (laughs) I like the way he promises me, but I think that's payback for us mailing out the podcast stickers with saying Steve will buy you a beer next time That's you guys right. are together I'll buy him a beer. thanks for watching this is the Unbuilded Podcast stay tuned until next time see ya